Chris. I'm the mom. I'm Yin. I'm number one. I'm Garen. I'm number two. I'm Green. I'm number three. I'm Garrison. Number four. The youngest. And I'm the pop. Welcome to the Turner Family Podcast. Thank you. I was carrying that sound a certain way. Right? Oh, man. Okay. Why do I have feedback in this? It must be my phone. You need a little uh, static guard when you wipe the table with some static guard or something? Just no. Or something? Uh, oh, your hands? I think it's my oh, oh. static from my phone or whatever. Uh, but let's go ahead and get started. Okay. Uh, thank you guys for joining us uh, for another wonderful episode of the Turner Family Podcast. Uh, we have my uncle uh, here. Uncle, we'll let you introduce yourself to the viewing or listening public. Hey, my name is David Getty. I'm uh, Sean's uncle. Uh, from through my sister was his mother. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you for doing the podcast with me, Uncle. Yeah, um, sure, sure. So let's start the conversation off. Um, I'm just going to ask you some, some random questions and let the conversation go from there. Sounds good. First up, describe the first car you ever had. Oh, wow. My first car was something I was in love with. I had a 1978 Ford Mustang trunk model. And I bought it from my older sister who bought it. And all she ever did with it is push it right into my mother's driveway and she never fixed it. So every day I'd come home from school and this gold Mustang is sitting in my mother's driveway, right? So meanwhile, all of my friends are buying Mustangs and painting them and putting kits on them and rims on them and all of this. And this Mustang was gold to start with. So I would ask her probably once a week to let me buy that car from her. Now, mind you, uh, by this time she had left Michigan and moved to California. So the car was never going to be used by her. So I finally convinced her to just give me the car. Mm -hmm. I spent, I don't know how much time trying to get the the paperwork and the title and everything fixed. And then the very first, the closest shop that I could find to the house, mm-hmm. I, I wound up getting it towed there, had them fix it. So it actually worked. <laughs> and then I and I bought some rims from another friend used and bought some tires from somewhere else used. And I just wanted this thing to be pretty. So longer story short, uh, I asked them to paint it blue because the inside was gold. And, you know, it was so old it it was a, a wonder that it actually had an FM radio. Uh-huh. That was like the height of the technology at the time. Um, and the guy said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll make it look good. We'll make it look good, right? He said, you know, come back in about a week and a half. Okay. So I go back in about a week, make sure the price didn't change and anything. And then nothing had changed and everything was on schedule. And lo and behold, this guy painted the car. He left it gold and okay. repainted it. Mm-hmm. So uh, he was like, with the interior, you just want to make sure, you know, it looks good together. Don't just pick a color because you thought it was the color you like. And I'm so glad he did that because it looks so much better. Just gold inside out, black rims on it. And I probably drove that car for about three years okay. before it just finally clunked out on me. Okay. Yeah. So that was right out of high school. So that would have been like in 1988 that I was driving. Oh, Lord. Right. I, I honestly, I actually remember that car because I remember uh, like you and I think your friend uh, Pookie yeah. had a black one. Did he? Yeah, you sure did. Oh my God. Sure That's your, I was what, seven, eight? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was yeah. cool. And then his brother, our older brother, had a Mustang. And okay. so, you know, and then two of his friends had a Mustang. So buying those old Mustangs and just fixing them up and making them look pretty no matter how they ran right. was a big deal, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember those Detroit cars? And, oh, man. It was a good time. Yeah, it was good times. All right. Uh, tell me about an awkward uh, dating moment that you had when you were a teenager, young adult. I imagine probably around the same time you had your car. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, would be, that would be true. That would be true. Uh, well, it's funny because I didn't do a lot of uh, hanging out when I was younger. I still don't. It's just mm-hmm. kind of been the way I am. So I was dating this young lady named Kathy, uh, Catherine Ann Allen. And I met her through my brother, and I was crazy about her. But I had just finished high school, and I was, again, I was one of those guys I didn't hang out a lot. And right after high school, I had started working. 
So I didn't even know the cool places to go or anything like that. So most of the time when I would pick her up to go somewhere, and she actually had a car before I did. Okay. So that was, you know, kind of a little weird to me too because how do you suggest where to go as much? In my opinion anyway, when you're not even the one driving (laughs) or, you know, you can't figure out much because you don't hang out a lot. Right, right. So what I'm getting at is I didn't, I didn't even know what I didn't know. Uh-huh. So I, I knew to go out to Belle Isle to hang out. I knew like two restaurants <laughs> and I knew one movie theater. So, <laughs> so, so in the course of a month, if we hung out every weekend, we did everything that I knew what to do. And then when it was time to reset that, I might stick a visit to my uh, family's house right, in between that. Break it up. And then go right back into the same loop with the same four places. And, and thinking back on it now, that had to be boring as all get out, right? right. But uh, so they might have something to do with why it didn't last very long. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Uh, so uh, uh, that was too far off. What is your idea of a perfect way to spend a day? You know what? I know this is going to sound like uh, pretty boring, but today was kind of one of those perfect days. I got up before the sun came up. I woke up before the sun came up. I got up and looked around the house. I was looked outside for a little bit, read a couple emails, and I went back to sleep. Okay. Woke up again early, and I remember you were going to come by today. And I know I hadn't seen you since before your birthday. So I said, well, I'm going to do something a little special for Sean. So I spent the day today kind of getting ready for you know to see you. So... Spending the day in the kitchen cooking something I thought you would enjoy and a little something extra for your family. And then knowing Tanya was going to stop by today. So I kind of, uh, you know, made sure I had some stuff here for her, us to, her to enjoy and enough food. So I spent the day listening to music, you know, cleaning and working in my kitchen a little bit. Um, so any day I get to listen to music to me is, is one of my, is a good day. It's a great, great day. And it was just calm. It was, it was uh, peaceful. I heard some new stuff and some old favorites, and that was just kind of a good day. Yeah, I like a cleaning house because uh, I just throw my music on the speaker like you have, and just get the just get the going and, and cleaning and you know, kind of the same tradition that uh, mm. you know, my mom used to do. You know, she would uh, put on an old record or something in the cleaning house, whatever. So yeah, yeah, that yeah, stuff comes. Yeah, it comes it, it comes back like while I was doing it today, like while the music was playing and, and everything, and I was trying to think, oh, hey, I can do this quick dessert, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you say uh, you mentioned your mom because I kept that one uh, dessert dish that she cooked in a lot okay. because it was you know I know you know she always took care of us and she always had something fresh to eat for everybody, mm-hmm. and I kept that. And every time I think of doing something special for somebody, I try to use that pan. You know, one way or another. So today, that uh, dessert I made, I made it in that pan. So okay. it's funny because my mind was in the same place today. You know, okay. especially when her birthday just passed a week ago. So. Right. Uh, now you said uh, you had heard some new music. What did you uh, hear? So um, I went to lunch with uh, one of my vendors at my job, and he we were talking about music because he was asking me about the Super Bowl, and that's not really my thing. But music, right, is my thing. So. He introduced me to this group called Tadashi Truckers Band. Okay. And it is a country music band, but it's kind of alternative country. It's not in that, you know, uh, regular vein of uh, Faith Hill or um, some more more traditional. Um, And the young lady who sings lead in the group is really dynamic. She kind of reminds you of Bonnie Raitt, like a younger version of Bonnie Raitt. And her voice is really, really, really out there. So... Um, I heard Body Rate, but I couldn't tell you. You couldn't tell yeah. you that song, right? Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that if you know you play the music like this, Body Rate, I'd be like, oh, that yeah, makes sense. That's right. But yeah. like, yeah, right, something to talk about. <laughs> I can make you love me. Okay, yeah, see, you yeah, okay? So, um, so that was new, and I listened to a couple of those, their songs, and then um, it made me think of a couple of um, concerts that I went to last year. I went to see a group called the Wood Brothers, okay. which I'd never heard of. So. And and I discovered them because I went to you know how you go to uh, buy concert tickets and you heard of the the, the headlining group with some of their openers you were like I've never heard of these people right? right but you don't care because the headliner is who you're really there for so um, we went to the concert loved it and when the, these guys came on um, the stage it's three guys and I think all three of them are brothers okay 
And uh, they did a bunch of songs I didn't know, but they were all over the place. They kind of do alternative uh, country. They do a little bit of um, like folk style music. They did a little bit of almost almost like gospel type music. Okay. Um, and they even did a couple of um, duets with the, the group we were actually ever see, which was Lake Street Dive. So, you know, you get to see them do all of these, from all of these different types of genres of music. And it just hit me that they were really good at what they did. They were tight. Everything just flowed really well. The guy's voice was really unique. And anytime you can see a guy that looks like he may be 40 years old and his hair's all the way down to the back, you know, he's a, you know he's a, he lives a, the musician's life, right? So he's dedicated to what he's doing. Um, so I was listening to a lot of their music today that I hadn't heard before. So um, some of it was familiar now because I've been listening to it for a couple months now and now some of it was still new because they have an album out there. I, came think, out yeah, I think that's how I pick up a lot of new music now. Uh, it used to be you know, back in the day when you know, I was younger, it would be just the radio. I would hear a song and be like, oh, man, I got to find out who that was. So I would be listening to the DJ to be like, okay, well, this person is the person we just played. And then I would start, you know, looking into them or listening for them or going to the record store back in the day mm-hmm. and actually looking for the name uh, um, and, and trying to find a musician that way. But nowadays it's like I listen to somebody on TV or movies. And I actually listen to credits now just to hear some mm-hmm. of the music or look at the mm-hmm. Of, of movies and see some of the, the music that was playing in the movie and try to find new artists that way and then find uh, uh, new songs or whatnot. Isn't, well, it, isn't, it, isn't it interesting how now you can just, and we don't think anything of it because it's such a normal everyday thing, but you can be sitting in a movie theater listening to the uh, to the, uh, the score over the credits at the end mm-hmm. and then pull out your phone and say, who is that? Right. And it just tells you who it is, and then it, you can just kind of save it and go back to it later. Same thing if you're standing in line at the gas station or in a department store. You hold your, I see people all the time hold their phone out and say, who is this? Because I do it, you know? Oh or, my God, or you're sitting in a restaurant, right? <laughs> you're sitting in a restaurant, you say, who is this? And then you leave your phone on the, on the table, and then they'll tell you who it is, and then you kind of save that and go back, right? Mm-hmm. And then it takes you down a whole other road with music. Um, yeah, so like, uh, one of the people that... Uh, that happened like I was just watching a TV show and uh, there was a song uh, I can't think of the name of the song but the artist Andrew Day I don't know if you ever oh, heard yes, of yes. Uh turned me on to her so now I listen to her you know and I check out some of her albums and then and that's I guess that's how I, I consume new music now it's like that one song that just hits you and you'd be like man I gotta look that song up you listen to that song and you're like, oh, so then what other music that do, does this artist have? Uh, same thing I did with uh, Lizzo. Lizzo just out of the blue. I was like, how have I not heard her before? She's on her like second or third album. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, wow. Yeah, you, you know kind of I mean? feel like you've been missing out, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. The same thing. I'm all over the place with the kind of music I listen to. Mm-hmm. And it's fun for me. Like, I'll seem to, I'll seem to be listening to the same thing a lot. But it's only for a window. And then I purposely, even sometimes with just the seasons, as the seasons change, I'll take and dump a couple of playlists and change to something completely different and then start to build on that. Or if I find one new group I like, I'll start looking for things in that vein and change everything I listen to. And and, and takes me down a whole other path. And I'll be listening to all type of stuff. Okay. Um, let's switch gears again. Uh, so we talked about you know, doing household chores and cleaning. Uh, back in the day when you were younger, still staying with Grandma Jane or whatever, what were some of your uh, responsibilities growing up? Oh, wow. So that's, that's uh, it's very funny to, to, to recall now because it seemed like it was something different every week. Okay. For, for our, our family's income level, I think we had a pretty big house. I mean, it was a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath, had a huge den, a kitchen, full basement, and um, and in that neighborhood, the the yards were pretty big, large, and that was back in the day when there were still alleys. Right. So because of the size of the house and the, how close in age me and my two younger, the three youngest of us were, we all got uh, uh, chores in a group. Okay. You know, so one weekend it may be the basement because. 
you're going to be going into Christmas season soon. You have to dig out all of that stuff. So we might as well go down there and straighten the, the basement up. Along with that was back in the day, we had a, one of those six foot freezers that was three and a half feet deep. Mm-hmm. So in the, in the fall coming up, and my father's going to buy half of a, a, a cattle mm-hmm. and he's good. They're going to get it chopped up at the butcher store. They needed to put it in there so we can get through the winter. And that's just the way they saved yeah, on me. Yeah. So that week might be the basement. The next week, it may be the backyard getting it ready for the fall to close it down. And we now we make jokes about it, but we say she used to make us clean from the alley all the way to the curb out in the front of the house. You know, yeah, to sweep the curb. Yeah, to sweep the curb. We was in the street sweeping. Yeah, yeah. And we used to make jokes about my brother because my younger brother hated it so much. He would be like, oh, I almost got hit by that car while I was sweeping and trying to make her feel bad about it. <laughs> right, right. No, I was getting hit by the right. And the funny thing about it, though, is right now to this day, well, in the summertime, I'm also I sweep in the curb, right? You know what the what difference it makes when you sweep it and you look at you look at from the curb where your address is all the way to your house and the yard and everything. It is all got to be perfect. And if you don't even sweep that curb, it just yeah. And I laugh every time I'm doing it because I'm like, wow, I would not stop here. I have to go all the way because that's what I was taught. But I exact I actually know why now. Right, it was dope, right? And it makes so much sense. It is so funny how things go around. It. <laughs> uh, so what was one of your fears as a child? One of my fears as a child? Yes, that's, I don't think I had any. Like a lot of, like what I assume a lot of kids have, right? Mm-hmm. You know, as parents, we try to guard our kids from knowing so many things, right? We don't want them worried about the things we don't want them worried about. So I didn't have a lot of that. Until um, the summer I got hit by a car. Okay. I know that. Yeah. So I don't even remember, because my memory is bad even as an adult. <laughs> but I don't remember exactly how old I was. I think I was maybe nine or ten. Okay. And we, as you know, we lived right across the street from Pingree Park, right? A huge park. And you could only park on our, the, the residential side of the street. Because it was a very narrow side street. And even if you parked on both sides, you could barely get between it, right? Almost nobody parked on the grass or anything. But it was a few people. It was a baseball game going on. So I walked. You know, you step out on the curb, off the curb into the street. And you're in between cars, right? And then you ease your way up to the edge of the car so you can see down the street, right? Because there's so many cars, it's hard to see. So I thought I did that. Now imagine there's like dozens and dozens of people all over the park. Maybe hundreds, right? And baseball going game going on so close that I could throw a baseball and hit people. Like the, the diamond was right across the street from the house. And I caught myself just looking. I don't know if I was going to meet my friends or go watch the game. I caught myself looking and then I stepped out. I can just remember two steps. And the very next thing I remember, I woke up on a gurdy in the back going into the back of uh, an ambulance. <laughs> Until that point, I didn't worry about traffic hit by a baseball or a bat. I didn't worry about fights. I didn't worry about any of that stuff. But the only other thing I remember besides that is I remember how sore I was when I got home Mm -hmm. and how sore I was for a few days. And I remember (laughs) that I was, I, I was knocked out. But I remember when I woke up, I thought that I saw one of the guys on my block laughing at me. One of your friends, one, right? One of so it's a guy that's named Daryl Petway. He's the exact same age as my brother, exact same birthday as my brother. They be born on the same day, the same age. And I remember seeing. I thought I saw him laughing at me, even as I'm being put into a ambulance. Right. <laughs> so when I got home and finally got back out playing with everybody, thank goodness all I had was a bunch of scratches. Right. <laughs> I re- I remember the next time I saw him, I chased him with a bat. And told him that he was running, he was slapping at me. And why was he laughing at me? I got hit by a car that wasn't funny. But I'm saying that to say, that made me so careful about crossing the street, You, as you can imagine, right? But not only that, I became scared of my own basement. <laughs> like if the lights were out, mm-hmm. that's when I got that. Because you know kids can be scared, you know. Fear of mortality? Yes. And I don't know if it was just the mortality part or if it was my imagination. Mm-hmm kind of was I realized how vivid my imagination was at that point because I could kind of see what happened to me happen without me knowing it right I didn't mm-hmm. see the car obviously and the next thing you know you're waking up right 
And in my mind, if that could happen where I thought I was looking for something, to, right. you know, to guard myself from something and it happened anyway, then in my mind, you can't even see down those stairs. Right. You don't know what's down there. You know, or if one of the basically you have to go downstairs and then find a little, the little chain. Yeah, yeah, we had one of those strings that was always broken, <laughs> so you could never reach it. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you know, intermittently through the year, my father would fix it over and over and over, right? Mm -hmm. But we would break it, and then until we told him about it again, you'd have to go screw the light bulb in, and then unscrew it, and it's halfway up the landing on the stairs. And my mother would be like, you know, there was also a cellar door on the on the landing. Right, that came in from the backyard. Yeah. Even though we had a separate back porch, so during the summer we would just leave that door open so light would come in. There would be all type of flies and mosquitoes in the house, but we wanted light where we could get to our toys and get our bikes up and down in the basement oh, stairs and man. stuff. But I to me, I would rather get fussed at about the back door being open mm -hmm. than to go down to the basement with the light off because I, in my imagination, it could be anything down. In my imagination, is so vivid, and I don't remember being afraid of any of that. Before, before it, okay. but that's when I realized something could happen to me just in my everyday. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's where, where some of my kids' fears and superstitious and, and stuff come from. Or let me ask you this: Did uh, you remember? Uh, I can't remember who it was. Rafe or Jay? They got hit by a car. Yeah. You ever had a conversation with Rick about you know how you know you felt or whatever after? No, uh, I actually. Yeah, that's weird. It was like Rick is more was more affected than the kids. Yes, the right. Day, so. And I said that to myself. I mean, because the, the the day we left from going to see him, right afterwards we drove up one night to see him and stuff, and we were there, and you know him and his his mom. And when we were coming down, we saw Ricky. And when we saw Ricky, you know, we did our thing, and we walked away from him. We, me and Brianna and Daniel, all turned each other and said, "We think Ricky get worse off than than yeah. <laughs> he feels." Um, but I hadn't had a chance to talk to him about that. And I thought about it. And it just seemed like it was like too soon mm -hmm. to do it. Right. Um, yeah. But I, was, I wanted to kind of find a way to segue into make him feel a little better about it. Because as a kid, I didn't blame anybody. Um, we talk about, you know, people talk all the time about how if something, something's going to happen to you, it'd rather happen as a kid mm -hmm. because kids bounce back so well. Um, I'm sure part of what I'm saying about my memory isn't because I got hit so hard. It's because kids bounce back, you know, if if they're when they're really lucky about a lot of that kind of stuff. So uh, I hadn't had a chance to talk to him about about that directly and related to that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's something as you bring that up. Though. <laughs> Why? Because I, I I said exactly the same thing to Rick. Like, man, <laughs> like he, he was more affected by it than uh, yeah. Uh, and God bless him. I mean. <laughs> this is funny because what what I what I remember the most mm -hmm. is my father getting the, us boys out of the house to give my mother a break. So, <laughs> so there was times when we all went to camp together and, mm -hmm. and you know did the whole fishing and, and uh, um, baseball and all that kind of stuff, and you know the whole family. But every year for maybe four or five years when we were probably from the age of. 10 to 15, my father took us smelt dipping in Point Preeley in Canada, on the Canadian side. Uh, and it was around March or April, as the water began to warm up is when you go. And I'm, in, in retrospect, I'm looking at it, it was probably, it was great because it's your dad taking you fishing. So mm -hmm. how's that not a great thing? But the other part of it was probably to give her a break from all of us because we would be gone for probably two, two and a half days. Okay. Uh, and that was, like I said, for a while, it was every year. And it was, you know, you'd, you'd go out and my, my dad's uh, friend had a cabin 
and we go eat, you know, sausage and eggs for breakfast, and then we, you know, they mess around all day in the woods and, and all that stuff, and then it, you didn't actually do the fishing until after dark. Okay. So you go to the beach, and they have a bunch of fires lit along the beach, and they would have the drag nets that were like 10, 15 feet long, okay. that were manned by two guys, and they would have the waders on. Okay. And us kids, they would give us the five-gallon buckets. Okay. So we would, and I would imagine, this is on a beach where there's no lights except for the fires. <laughs> so we were constantly being high, hollered at to stay near the fires because they couldn't see the us. Kid, they did not want to drown the kid, right. right? And go back home and have to tell somebody's mom that their kid didn't make it back. So they were constantly, you know, we were just happy, right? It's cold, oh, it's yeah. nighttime, right? It's maybe 40 degrees at night. Oh my God. You know, right, yeah. So. We didn't care about a fire. We were just running around. We get these buckets. We, you know, trying to find. We get, we get dipped in the sand, and we want to get water, right? So they would go out and swing around as deep as they could, as high as they could with their waders, and they'd come back, and there would be so many smelt that they could. They were walking and trudging because the net was so full. There'd be hundreds of pounds of fish in these nets, and then we get to run up and dip into the this. With and the then right with the buckets and fill them with smell and bring them back. Okay. And of course, they were barely strong enough to carry these buckets full of water, five gallons of water and fish. And we'd do that maybe one or two nights and then we'd come on back home. So that was something that at, at, at some age I started looking forward to going and do that. Okay. Then the other thing we got to do is also reminds me that my mom had eight kids and that we were the youngest three is that every summer she would send us to camp. Right. That was a good tradition. And that was a good tradition. So for years, we went and participated, as you know. And then, excuse me, as I got older, I got to go back as a junior counselor. And so you, you got, to, got to go for free, but you worked in the kitchen right. and, and learned all the, the things around the camp. And then you could come back the next year and work as a counselor and then get paid. So um, uh, I never went back and got paid, but the year I worked as a um, uh, counselor and trainer or junior counselor oh that was the, so much fun yeah and what, were you about 14 yeah about 14 15 never That's never knew working in a kitchen would be so much fun it was a pain in my butt when I because my grandma did the same thing for me okay it was a pain in my butt I hated it you didn't it. like it I hated it but I did have a great time I uh, had some awesome uh, memories from that cab, uh, camping and stuff like that yeah Doing stuff you weren't supposed to be doing. <laughs> Sneaking out, going to the girls' side and stuff like that. Oh, God, those were good days. And it's so funny because um, uh, sometimes people make fun of me because I'm such a, I try to be a neat freak. I realize what I do let go, but I try to be. But some of it comes from, I was definitely afraid of like, again, I think it might intertwine with what happened to me earlier and then mm -hmm. me starting. But I didn't like, when the first thing I did when I used to get to the camp and they let us go to our bunks and everything, I used to take the whole bed and flip it over, yeah. take the mattress off, and look at everything. I'm like, because if there's a spider web or something, you, want, like, you don't want to get bit. Oh like, my gosh, yeah. yes. And then like in the showers, because again, there's no doors on the shower house, right? And uh, you look and then you're looking up and there's these humongous spider webs in the corner. And, I'm, and I used to be like, I got to do this for two weeks. Hey. You know, I'm like, I'm a city boy. <laughs> Not used to it. I'm like, you know, it's supposed to build character, but and it did. You know, looking back, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Now, you know, you, you, I still remember the ghost stories about some pilot that's supposed to crash at the Air Force Base across the road. You know, sell so, uh, uh, yeah, camp always the best. Um, we, it was funny because we, even though we were at a camp, you know, we sleep in cabins. So one night, you get to go to sleep on the beach and really camp outside, uh -huh. and. Uh, so one of the kids threw a log on the fire. One of the junior counselors mm -hmm. threw a log on the fire, and it was a, like an ant infested. infested. So all night, we like laying there trying to stay warm, so we stand close to the fire, but his ants running out of the fire. Oh, my God. And so we flicking them away. I don't know how I got to sleep that night, because that was like the worst thing in the world of me, is to have something crawling over it. So I'm flicking them away, and I don't know how I finally fell asleep. You just probably get tired. But yeah, you're just out. right. You're a kid. You wore it out, but... It's just those things. But again, I wouldn't trade them for anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's awesome. I remember uh, when I was there, uh, I don't know if you went to the same camp, but it was camp personality for me. And uh, I got to help assemble the, you know, uh, the bonfire for the night where, you know, they do the 
songs, whatever, and around the campfire. And, you know, I was a little snot back <laughs> in the day. So I had these little mini firecrackers, right? And so we'd set up the, the campfire or bonfire in a, you know, a, a fort style square. Okay. And I would put the firecrackers all around the, the wood. So it was like firecrackers going off in the campfire and kips. And it, I thought they would go like that, you know, they would all kind of like pop at the same time. But no, it was like an hour later. <laughs> so it was still going off. And I was like, oh, Because it would scare people. Like, it would just be, you know, like the guy would be playing guitar. And then you would hear his really loud spot. <laughs> people were like, what's going on with the wood? Yeah, like, is this supposed to be oh, part of the yeah. show? Yeah. So, yeah. I was like, oh, that's too funny. But, you know, it was all good fun. Oh, um, yeah. I wouldn't trade that stuff for nothing. Yeah. Anything now. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right. Um, this is a weird question. What is one smell that brings back memories from your childhood? Oh, that's and a good why? question. Believe it or not, I think it's burnt hot dogs. <laughs> okay, I did not expect that. Is barbecued, cooked outside hot dogs. And the reason why is because when I was a kid, I wouldn't eat any other kind of barbecue. I didn't like ribs and chicken and all that stuff off the grill. But you mm-hmm. you know how many times we our family's barbecued, right, right, in the city. And it wasn't smoking meat. It was barbecue, you know, right. on the grill, right? And But the only thing I would eat was hot dogs. Okay. And the thing about it, and not because I was such a picky kid, but that was the one thing I was picky about. I ate the greens, I ate beans, I ate all that stuff when my mother put it on our plate, green beans and stuff, but I, I didn't care for barbecue, just the hot dogs. And the thing about our my family is my mom and dad, and it, all of the families on our block, when they barbecue, they all bought a gang of hot dogs because whoever, whatever kid was on the block could get a hot dog. You can get two hot dogs. And, and they so they always bought a gang of them, so whoever was playing, if you happen to chase Donita Blessman into the backyard for something and they were cooking, you can get a hot dog. And the same thing happened in our house. So it was always plenty of them. And when I smell burnt hot dogs to this day, like charred, like on a grill, it, it made me think of uh, Iroquois. Okay. It makes me think of my neighbors at the time. Because you, you get plenty of barbecue hot dogs <laughs> <laughs> between our house and other houses. You got plenty of barbecue hot dogs over the summer. It's Iroquois staple. What happened to those neighborhoods? I just yeah, I know. I would like a neighborhood like that right now. You know what I mean, yeah, where my kids could could do that, and I don't, I don't have that. We we know? make note of that. I've had many conversations with people that realize that that is lost between the condo and apartment complex sizes nowadays, and uh, people aging out of houses, and then they're. Their kids are just, you know, selling the houses and, and moving on, and then people just don't. Have, it's there's not. It's not as neighborly as it used to be. Yeah. Where a neighborhood they used to take a village um, saying where you could. We talk about all the time. You couldn't do anything down the street wrong. Right. I couldn't yeah. go down five. I couldn't go five. I couldn't go all the way to the corner and do anything wrong. When I got home, my mother already knew about it. Yeah. And you were in trouble, so you just behaved yeah. because you could either catch it down the street, and then the lady would tell your mother. Miss Blessman would say, David and Donald did this. <laughs> and, be, and she would be standing on the porch when you got, and you couldn't say you didn't. Mm-hmm. So you just behaved. And that, for me, turned into when I got to high school, you know, you get to high school, you get 14, 15, 16 years old, you, you think you know a couple of four or five little words, and you're catching a bus, you're feeling independent. But I didn't get on a bus and cuss and that crazy because I already yeah, knew that when I was away from home, you know, you could almost feel your mother's hand on the back of your head, which, you know, so you just, you that extended to travel. When I was downtown at, you know, Otto's Popcorn Caramel Corns shop, mm-hmm. I wasn't cutting line and talking bad and making bad jokes and, and being nasty to people. And then I still got up and gave elderly people my seat. And it didn't matter if my friends was laughing at me about it or whatever. I knew how to act. Right. Uh, it also reminds me about... Um, for years, my father worked for this one heating and cooling company. And you can imagine how old school this is. On the weekends, he worked for the owners cutting their grass and 
doing repairs around their house. Like that's how much they they trusted him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would take us with him, okay. and we would help cut the grass and stuff. And they would always give us a burners, you know. And sometimes they would give us um, fruit or, um, you know, a piece of cake or something like that. And it, I always think about how they would ask us, you know, do you you want you guys want this or you guys want? Are you thirsty? Would you like something? And we did not answer. We would look at my father. And we would just stand in. And he didn't. And my father was known for not whooping us. He did not like to whoop us. And we almost never got whooped by him. Like my whole childhood. But he he made it known that this is how you act. And we would look at him. And he would say yes. And we would say yes, please. And then, you know, and then when we leave, everywhere we would go with him, they would say, Douglas, your sons are so mannerable. They're so nice. And in my eyes, it was like, what are... You supposed to be acting like all I'm doing is staying quiet and not. Yes, like even as a kid, I thought that was odd. Yeah, you know. But a lot of it started on the block you grew up with, with everybody treating everybody the same. They would give you anything you needed to eat or drink. They would take care of us as kids, but you could not go. You you you. They knew you were raised correctly, and you had to be that same way down the street, around the corner, over in the park. Your parents got the news and And heaven help you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Only took one time to uh, to find out that okay, don't do that down the street. <laughs> Did she get the spanking down the street and the spanking at home? Yes. All right. Uh, earlier we were having a conversation about uh, your Christmas tradition. Would you like to tell the listeners about that? Oh yeah, it's a real fairly simple one, but uh, you know, traditions are what they are. I got really two traditions. One of them is uh, my daughter is now 27 years old, but mm-hmm. she has not changed. I am I, so old. I know. She'll be 28 next month. And this Christmas, just like a lot of years. Now, she hasn't always been here or I haven't always been with her every morning on Christmas, but I see her every Christmas day, obviously. Uh, thank goodness. But this year she came over. I made, made breakfast. And we watched the Disney parade. Like, that is what we do every year. In the years that uh, I've either, either been over her house before it started, because I sometimes would go over there at the crack of dawn, you know, when she was little, you know, just so she could wake up early and open everything with me and her mom together. Um, later on, she would call me, and we would sit on the phone like two hours and watch the parade together. Like, even though we were on the phone. And believe it or not, every New Year's Eve is the same thing. If I'm sitting around watching Austin City Limits, which it seems like a lot of years I am, <laughs> She'll call me after midnight, and we'll talk for two or three minutes, and you know, or she'll text me and say, "Hey, this this artist is on," and we'll talk about that for a little while on New Year's Eve. The other tradition I do at Christmas um, is like there's been a, a little bit of controversy lately about what is a Christmas movie and what is not. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Everybody, Die Hard is a Christmas. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. End of end of end of story. <laughs> Any movie that you want to watch at Christmas, especially if it takes place during Christmas, yeah. is a Christmas movie. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Yeah. And for me, do you know remember what my Christmas movie is? No. Long Kiss Goodnight with yes. Samuel L. Jackson yes. and Gina Davis. Yep. That is my Christmas movie. It starts off at a Christmas parade and it ends on New Year's Eve. That is my Christmas movie. I actually showed that to Christy, my wife, uh, for the first time. This, this year, year? Yeah. you guys watch it. Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, because <laughs> it, now it's a little dated. But yeah, it's yes, still, yes, it's awesome. But Christmas movies get dated, right? You know, it's a Wonderful Life is dated. You know, Die Hard is starting to be dated. When you hear some of the corny lines and you know mm-hmm, some yeah. some of the things you could pick apart on them, but the thing is about a Christmas movie is if it makes you feel the way you want to feel, right? Yeah, you know, uh, not alone or jubilant or, or whatever that might be. Uh, and you watch it during the holidays to me it's your, it's your Christmas movie and don't let anybody take that away from you so for me okay. it, the more traditional one would be a Christmas story I'm, just, I'm crazy about that have you seen it I've never, never seen, seen no, it I've never seen it it's a wonderful life I've never wanted I've, to I've, never, they look, I've seen like bits and pieces of it it's like it's just I'm more of a I like the Santa Claus I like the, the more old school uh, Claymation Rudolph oh, Magnus Ranger okay. when I was a kid I used to love those uh, getting a little older like the Santa Claus the one with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad I, I saw that for the first time way. last year oh my god that's Brianna's <laughs> Christmas movie uh, The Grinch you know stuff yeah, like that yeah. uh, I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life 
I've never seen White Christmas with Ben Crosby. I've seen the play. Mm-hmm. I've seen a musical, but I've never seen the, the movie. Okay. Um, so yeah, like that traditional, traditional stuff. But yeah. I think A Christmas Story, the reason why I was able to just watch it the first time, it may have been years after it was actually released, is because it's not actually from that era that it's placed in. Okay. It's just written in that era. So to me, that was different. I think it's from the 80s. Oh, okay. So it, it's, it was yeah, like... it's not from the 50s. It, okay. was, it was written and, you know, and then they they they, they uh, made it in I think the eighties, okay, or late eighties, early nineties. It's not that old, okay. but it's not from the fifties, which is a different thing for me. Like I've never seen Gone with the Wind or a bunch of cowboy movies that people see are all classic. Okay. I, I, it's not by design. It's just that it, even if I try to sit down and watch them, it's almost a chore for me, and I feel bad because I, I appreciate classic stuff. Mm. And the more, I mean, you know how much we talk about movies. The more I watch movies. The more I realize what a director does and what a uh, cinematographer does and what an art director does, yeah. so I want to go back and try to appreciate some of that stuff from before they had all these tricks and, mm-hmm. and newer technology. But and looking at you know some of the things like you know Alfred Hitchcock was a, was a was a master at you know doing different takes of different scenes and showing it different ways and using camera tricks and stuff like that. Um, that a lot of directors and stuff they'll use today so that, yeah I understand what you're saying and then I also look at uh, I can't really watch them I like watch clips of them but Technicolor Technicolor used to slap you know what I mean like you look at an old Technicolor movie on old real you know Hollywood uh, film or whatever mm-hmm. and it can still hold up with HD today. isn't that crazy it, yes. it is crazy how a big of a jump that was in the industry. It, it's, it's crazy. When I when I think about Snow White, was the first animated movie, mm-hmm. and how it was a jump to color, mm-hmm. and it, it was it was it was one of those things. It was kind of like and I know people are gonna laugh at this, but it was kind of like the remember how the Matrix they made the big deal out of the bullet time and yeah. all of the, the new effects and, and, the, and the guy yeah. who came up with that. That's what Snow White was. They they did like I mean stereo sound, the um, the way they overlaid all of the the, the, the different um, the the rotoscoping they did the, the yep. old layovers and, and the color all none of that stuff had been done that way at all ever and 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 in that era like you said as you watch the movies like the, like a couple of years before that and then a couple of years after you go my gosh I can't believe how well this this movie holds up and how even though a lot of that stuff they find ways to clean them up. And, the fact that they can clean them up to that degree, right, is yeah. crazy. It's insane. It is insane. So yeah, there's a I have a big appreciation for a lot of the stuff that some of those directors and writers were coming up with when they didn't have the, you the, know, stuff the technology to do now. Yeah. So it's actually one of the things that you know, if I get into another hobby, it'll be into making films or short films or some kind of documentary or something because I even saw it was a Netflix special and forgive my memory but I can't think of it um, but it was a movie that they said was shot entirely on an iPhone um, and I was like I didn't know you could do that like looking at this film you would never know it. you'd think it was all professional camera equipment $3,000 cameras they said the entire film was shot on an iPhone isn't that crazy um, God, I wish I could think of the name of that movie uh, High, Fly Like a Bird or Yeah, it's crazy because people are starting shooting mu- mu- music videos on iPhones mm-hmm. and then short films, right? And it's yeah. like commercials and things like that. But uh, to do a feature-length film is crazy. And I know one of the things that you can do now is they have an app where, because of the cameras on both sides of the phone are so vivid, um, um, take such a vivid video, mm-hmm. there's an app that you can look at. Every camera on your phone. So if you have three cameras on your phone, each mm-hmm. one will do a different shot all at the same time. And then you're able to go and edit all of that video. So that's why it's, you're able to do that with an iPhone these days. And it's crazy. Things like that that you're able to do with something that's in your pocket. Exactly. And Sling Boat couldn't, couldn't do that back in the day. I mean, if you'd have told somebody about that <laughs> in the future, we'd be able to do this, they'd be like, you're a witch. <laughs> <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. you captured my think of the, have that type of imagination of, of where we are now. But 
I mean, sometimes uh, art or, uh, yeah, art imitates reality because you look at some of the things the Jetsons used to do and basically we only ha don't have flying cars. <laughs> yeah, almost everything else to some degree, one degree or another we have. I mean, yeah. I was telling you earlier, we use robots at my job. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have thought that when I got there five years ago. But we use robots at our job now. Like, the fact that we have, like to say, the whole internet is in your pocket the most a couple hundred dollars and you can do things on a, a, in a cell phone and put it in your pocket pay all of your bills some people don't even think about owning a computer anymore yeah I don't yeah uh, I have a laptop the only laptop where the computer I have is uh, for work wow so uh, there's no need for me to really have a in-home computer between my PlayStation and my cell phone I mean because the reason why is the last couple laptops I had, I don't know what happens, but after you use it for so long, it gets so slow, and you have to upgrade, and you have to do this, you have to do that. My phone works faster looking up stuff, so it's Isn't like, it why boot up a computer to do this? The only the difference is is the typing. Yes. Um, this get the, the the thumb typing gets a little tedious uh, compared to being able to type, but with my kids and even Brianna, they're probably better off using this to type than they are with a with an old fashioned with keyboard. Old keyboard right. so. Yeah, and I probably I'm probably still around 55, 60 words per minute <laughs> on a QWERTY keyboard, but not on that. My fingers are too large. Right. So, yeah, it's a lot better than a flip phone, though. <laughs> it's a lot better than a flip phone. And to show you how things go around the camera, you know the flip phone is coming. They're trying yeah, to bring the flip yeah, phone back. Yeah, the razor with the, with the, the mirror, or they yeah. have the, the, the closable, but it has a touchscreen on both sides. Mm -hmm. And then I think somebody actually had a flip phone where it was two different separate screens where it wasn't combined. Just the one that combined, I think they said it broke a lot. Yeah, so it was having problems with that. But the razor phone that used to be before. Samsung's Galaxy and the iPhone became big things. Razor was, oh my gosh, everybody wanted a Razor flip phone. Blackberry, or blue, uh, Blackberry. Yeah, the Blackberry and the Razor, a Motorola Razor. The Razor is back, and it's a one-screen flip phone. <laughs> Who was the other one that had a really good phone? Uh, uh, Nokia's. Yes. Nokia's had a phone that you could not destroy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just a little candy bar phone before, right. before everybody coined candy bar. Mm -hmm. and. It was, it was funny because you could program your, your own ringtone, mm -hmm. note for note. Like right. if you knew music, you could program no, your ringtone, ringtone note for note. And I programmed the Simpsons theme song into it, note for note. I'm like, this is what I went to. This is why I played the saxophone in high school, just so, <laughs> just so I could be able to program the Simpsons theme song 20 years ago. <laughs> That's too much. Yeah, and I had so, a Nokia, man. That bad boy lasted forever. I actually just had, I had to I had to get rid of it like dude I gotta upgrade, but thick and thin I could run that thing over with a tank. Batteries had good life everything. Yeah, this funny it was like not these oh my goodness it's only an eighteen month life cycle on the battery or yeah you didn't have that or I dropped the iPhone, it hit my foot and then hit the pavement and slid cracked the screen, it bounced off my foot first. And it's still broke. But it, because the way it slid, and I had a, like a little case like this, it wasn't like an otter box or anything. So mm -hmm. it was just a little something that helped me grip it. Because if you don't have one of these cases, yeah, you can't yeah, grip it. They're yeah. so slippery. Yeah, they're gorgeous, but they're slippery. Right. So I dropped it, and it, I knew the way it slid face first like this, it was going to crack. Gonna make it. It's not going to make it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Knock on wood. <laughs> I have never ever broken a phone screen. Uh-oh. I've had every iPhone except this 11 that is out now. Yeah. I've had a brand new iPhone every year since smartphones, since the sidekick. Okay. <laughs> I've had a smartphone every year since the, and I've never broken a phone. Okay. Let's see if we can keep that streak going. They're a little too expensive to fix. Right. <laughs> I started uh, getting iPhones, uh, or I, uh, iPhone for something or whatever was uh, my first smartphone. And I got it because Christy got her iPhone and I kept playing on it. It was that alchemy game. Remember when you take one potion and you mix it with another potion and you get something else and you take those two potions and you try to get I got addicted to that game. Um, and that's what made you buy an, uh, a smartphone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
before I get a smartphone, and unfortunately, I've been having a smartphone every. Well, I tried to disconnect. Yes, you did. Uh, about two weeks, three weeks it lasted. I was that's all. Play that's all. Uh, the only the only problem I had because obviously calls are call was texting. Uh, when I was at work, because if I was not at work, I would just call. I wouldn't text. I would just call. But when I was at work, not trying to be on my phone or around my boss and everything, trying to text, it takes forever. And that's just one of the things. And then, you know what? Here was the other big thing, because that still was uh, something I could deal with. Um, and I was, I knew I was prepared getting into that. I didn't have GPS one day I was at work. Ooh. And I was in the field. And I was trying to use regular maps. And I have... I have two maps because uh, I always keep a road atlas. I got okay. a United States road atlas. I got hey, Michigan. Actual hard copy. Plastic, yeah. But wow. it's but a hard copy. Wow. I, I have it in my car to this day. Wow. You're a dying breed. I, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> I try to be a Boy Scout. I even got like food and stuff in my car. Yeah. Make it, but um, I printed out all my locations for my field work, printed out the directions, but still got lost um, for the simple fact that I had some additional locations. Something happened. Something unexpected happened, as usual. And the maps didn't have the side streets. They only mm. had the main roads. And I couldn't do it. So I had to stop and answer directions at twice. Wow. And I was like, nope. This is <laughs> that. The this this is next not where day I went back to my smartphone. Hey, this is not where it's at. <laughs> right. Uh, that's about as bad. I know you felt like you were looking for a phone booth, didn't you? Yep. You know what I mean? Like yep. Asking for directions the yep. other day. They, it's like some look, people looked at me like, especially since I was black. Yeah, and they, they, we know you have a smartphone. <laughs> you young enough to have a smartphone. I was like, my phone grab a signal. enjoying doing the podcast so far i love it man uh i think it's a good hobby a good outlet for me you know do uh i apologize my listening public that i haven't put out a podcast in over a month but you know holidays so <laughs> forgive me but uh you know uh you're back I, I try to get yeah i try to uh stay consistent and release the a podcast every week but it's been like i said uh yeah a little over a month okay so. you're good Good. Well, congratulations. I'm glad you're lasting this long. And this is, uh, what season is this now? Three? This is, yeah, season three. Yeah. Okay. So, may it live long. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for listening to the Turner Family Podcast. Uh, again, it's my uncle. Say bye. Bye, everybody. All right. Later. Dessert time. Hey, everybody out there. If you like our podcast... Or would like to contribute or say something, give us a mention, a holler, um, or ask us any question and have us debate on the podcast, reach out to us at the Turner Family Podcast.com. Or I'm sorry, the Turner Family Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's the Turner Family Podcast at gmail.com. for this week. Tune in next time.